The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Tyson Foods of Obion County and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program, presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods of Obion County on RadioNWTN.com. will be available for playback later today. It's also going to be played back on WENK later this week, and you can also watch live right now all across our, our Sports 731 network of Facebook pages, including the Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, the WENK WTPR Facebook page, the Union City Sports on Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, and the Sports 731 Facebook page. John Thornton, Jordan Taylor alongside you today. We've got Quite a bit to talk about. It was a heavy college basketball weekend. It is Super Bowl week. And uh, last week, uh, Tennessee decided they are going to war with the NCAA. We're going to spend quite a bit of time unpacking all that that entailed. But, uh, Jordan, it was an eventful week uh, with the headlines just rolling in last week. It was. I guess the NCAA uh, wanted to come attack Tennessee kind of as the uh, sacrificial lamb a little bit and make them the – the school that they want to go after. They've added, obviously, some schools since then that they're targeting as well. But this is just – I mean, we kind of knew this was going to happen. I, I won't get into too much of it right this second, but we kind of knew eventually this was going to happen with the the lack of guideline, guidelines with what all's going on in the NCAA right now. Yeah. Uh, and like like Jordan said, we're going to get into it in depth here in a couple of segments because there is uh, there's a lot to go through. Um, you know, last week we sat here and it broke while we were – I think in our, one of our last segments, uh, and we kind of briefly touched on it. We didn't really have a ton of information, and then we get off the air, and it just continued to spiral throughout the course of the week. So we'll kind of recap that and look at what th- those things look like going forward. You can follow me on Twitter at John underscore MT18. You can follow Jordan at JT underscore 1823. You can follow the Froggy handle at NWTN underscore Froggy. You can follow the Sports 731 handle at, at Sports 731 Net. And the text line at 731-885-9999. As we start the show with our local headlines of the week, final week of the high school basketball regular season, Jordan, up here, Union City's boys have clinched District 14A. They'll be the number one seed in the boys' district up this way uh, as that district tournament will be at South Fulton, while the girls for Union City are battling it out with Dresden to try to see if they can snatch that third seed and at least be a little bit higher up on the pole Uh, heading into the tournament as Greenfield and South Fulton seem to have one and two locked down, Uh, but uh, still plenty to play for. One last district game on on Tuesday night, they'll take on Greenfield, and then uh, Huntington comes to town on Thursday night. So what is the outlook looking like down in the Jackson area where you and Alex are uh, covering right now? The 2A district, obviously, with uh, JCM and and, and Madison and uh, Adamsville, um, let's say, Trying to think of others, Scotts Hill in that in that district as well. Um, it's been chaos, honestly, on both sides, boys and girls. A lot of competitive basketball up and down. Um, we had Liberty a couple weeks ago, um, and we have them tomorrow night as well. And and one thing about Liberty on the boys side, at least, is uh, man, they lose. They've been losing some district games by you know two or three points. Um, really close games. So they they may come into the district tournament as as a five or a six seed, and you know they they've only lost to the one seed by two or three. So it, it can make for a really crazy uh, district tournament. Still trying to figure out the exact seeding and that side of things. 
Um, but I, I think that that district tournament is going to be wild. I mean, I really do. Um, on the other side, the 3A district with Southside and Northside, um, Southside boys have, have really turned it on lately. They, um, you know, they lost to Chester County the first go around, but beat them by uh, double digits uh, this past week. And then uh, beat Northside this past week as well by double digits, which is uh, very impressive because Northside and Chester County, the two teams they just beat, um, were two of the better teams in the district all year. So Southside boys are starting to uh, really get going at the at the right time. And same thing, it's coming down last week to see how the season can work out there as well. Yep, district tournament week next week going to be a lot of fun. This is where it gets real and. Uh, obviously, you know, it's very different in Tennessee with, you know, you only have to win a couple of certain games, but, uh, with some of these playing games at the beginning, you know, that determines if you can even get into uh, the semifinals and into that top four in your district. So, um, a lot to play for early in the week. And then obviously big seeding for the region tournament the following week, uh, as well. So, um, a lot to still play for a lot. That's going to be a fun next couple of weeks. Uh, UT Martin basketball, their teams had, Big weekends. Both the men and women swept their road trip. Uh, UT Martin now 14 and 9, 7 and 3 in the conference. They're tied, or they are sitting at third. Uh, the women won both times as well. They're 9 and 12, now 6 and 4 in the conference, and they are tied for third in their district stand or their their conference standings, I should say, uh, in the OVC. So we'll continue to monitor that and see how those teams do as the OVC tournament will be coming up, obviously, here at the end of the month or early in the next month, rather, um, as postseason basketball uh, really coming up fast uh, upon us. Tennessee basketball had a big weekend. They lost midweek last week in, to South Carolina in a game that uh, probably you would have thought Tennessee should win, but then that led into a massive showdown at Rupp Arena where UT went and won that thing wire to wire, 103 to 92. You know, we had just sat here last week, Jordan, and said, you need the veterans to step up. You need more out of your veteran guys. And Josiah Jordan-James, Santiago Vescovi, 26 from them. Zakai Ziegler, a double-double. Complete team win. And Triple J and Vescovi are going to be the first seniors ever when they graduate to graduate with a winning record at Rupp Arena. I mean, what a win that was. I didn't get a chance to watch the full game, but uh, just from what I've gathered and the highlights I've seen, Tennessee was in control pretty much all night. Yeah, I think there's been <clears throat> three times that that uh, Cal has not led at Kentucky you know, at Rep Arena, and that was one of them the other night. And really, from start to finish, I, I was able to watch the whole game, and Tennessee just controlled controlled the game. I don't know what it is about this class, this senior class, these veteran guys, but they have Kentucky's number. They know how to play them. Um, John, they were mentally in their head the whole time, uh, trash talking a little bit, you know. Kentucky just looked out of sorts uh, with, with how Tennessee started. I mean, it was eight to nothing in a blink. Um, and then I think it was it ended up being 16 to five or six or something like that. Kentucky made runs to get back into the game. Um, but, you know, it never felt like Tennessee was going to lose the game. They always controlled. Uh, they played to their pace. Nobody ever looked rattled. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, beating Kentucky eight times in, in school history at Rupp Arena and four of those coming from Rick Barnes and, you know, mm -hmm. that, what – what he's been able to do uh, against Coach Cal and at Rep Arena, uh, more importantly, is is man, it's it's been phenomenal. Something Tennessee basketball hadn't really ever seen. So um, I don't know what it is, but he's got his number. Most points scored for UT in a road game in 31 years, and just the third time anybody scored 100 plus in Rupp in 100 years. 
You mentioned Rick Barnes now at four wins at Rupp, which is equal to the same number they had under yeah. every previous UT coach. 11 and 9 is Barnes against Kentucky. 7 and 1 when Kentucky is ranked in the top 10. 4 and 1 when both are ranked in the top 10. Pretty good. Um, I mean, that's <laughs> that is quite a, a record uh, and a, 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 quite a record against one opponent, no less. And, you know, Jordan, for all the. Um, for all the criticisms in March, which are justified in the coming up short, there is one thing you can always say with Rick Barnes. He knows how to beat Kentucky, and Tennessee fans are always going to remember that no matter how much longer this tenure goes because owning Kentucky the way they have in the last decade under Barnes has just been incredible to enjoy. You know, in football, you look at Florida, Georgia, and Bama. You know, that's the three you look at. Basketball, Kentucky. I mean, if you can beat Kentucky and you're a Tennessee head coach, You've got a really good opportunity to keep a job. Obviously, you got to beat Vanderbilt too, but that hasn't been super hard over the years. No, um, but but yeah, I mean, what he's been able to do is 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 big. And you know, I, I think that the other night, I mean, it's exactly what you said to to intro this. You know, we we've been waiting on guys to step up for Tennessee outside of Connect, and what they were able to do, the veteran guys. I mean, Ziegler from start from the start of the game was on fire. I mean, knocking down threes. Um, you know, Josiah Jordan James had a, didn't have a very good game against South Carolina. Comes out has a big game at Rupp. Um, that that was a complete team performance. That kind of performance is what you're going to need um, if you're a Tennessee fan and Tennessee in general in March. I mean, you've got to have a full team performance to be able to make a run. And this team does seem different. And I think it's because they they're good on defense. They can defend really well, but they also have several offensive weapons this year. Guys that can score. I mean, yeah, it starts with Neck, but he only had 16 points the other night, which is, and that's a good night for anybody else, but that's an off night for him. So yeah. we'll see what they can do down the stretch. Well, and you think back to last year, and obviously they still, you know, they still were able to make the run they did in the Sweet 16 without Ziegler, but you have to think if Ziegler's there last year, what could have been? Because, oh, yeah. You know, you, you find out quickly in March, guard play is so. So needed, and right now it feels like Tennessee's got guards that can really. I mean, with Ziegler at the helm, twenty-three and thirteen is just. I mean, what a performance that is! Um, you have to feel like if he's healthy going into March with this team and the way they've been playing, you gotta like their chances right now um, at making a deep run. And that—that's the hope, at least, because that's been the one flaw of the Rick Barnes era is is disappointment in March. But this team, like you said, feels different. Um, but uh, March looms, and we'll see what this team what this team can do. Uh, on the Tennessee Titans front, Brian Callahan's staff is starting to take shape. Three hires were made uh, last week. Denard Wilson, he's a, been kind of been everywhere as a DB's coach. He's going to be now the defensive coordinator in Tennessee. Tyke Tolbert will be is hired as the wide receivers coach, and Bill Callahan, the father of Brian Callahan, who's been a head coach in different stops, but is highly regarded as an O line coach coming over from Cleveland to join his son's staff. So, Jordan, what do you make of these hirings here from Coach Callahan? Yeah, I think that, you know, some good hires. Obviously, the the one that's kind of taking the forefront um, with, with the media is, is him hiring his dad to come coach the O-line. And, man, uh, Lord knows that the Titans need O-line help. Uh, yes. They've needed help for there for a long time. And um, I think this is, this is going to be a good staff. I mean, this is a staff that's starting to come together pretty well. Um, unlike Vrabel, uh, some of the negativity with Vrabel was that he it was a buddy buddy system, and we were promoting from within. I think uh, Callahan's doing a nice job going out and uh, going through the process and finding guys that uh, will help the staff and will help the team. And uh, very excited about um, him him bringing on his dad because you know Browns necessarily could have fought that they could have fought that if they wanted to, but 
uh, kind of classy of them to kind of let that let him leave and, and go coach with his son, which is going to be- make for a really cool dynamic on Sundays. Well, it's not; it's a rare deal for you to get a chance to coach with your son. So, um, Logan Moore says, "Best staff Titans have assembled in a long, long time. No buddies at the bar hires." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Logan. Appreciate that. Yeah. That that was Vrabel. That was Vrabel. He hired from within, and it was all a, a friend friend thing. So, going to say, we'll, we'll see what happens out. here. <laughs> Uh, on the Memphis Grizzlies front, leg, Grizzlies legend Mark Gasol officially retiring. The team says they intend to retire his number 33. The Grizzlies make a trade before the trade deadline. They trade Steven Adams to the Rockets for Victor Oladipo and three second-round picks, trying to kind of offload some salary there as they are really close to that second apron tax, and so they earn some more financial flexibility. You know, a lot of people had thought in Grizzlies world Luke Kennard would be the guy, but you kind of get it with Adams. I hate losing him. I mean, he was such a big part of what they were doing. But with Adams and the injury, and you don't know what that's going to look like when you come back, and he's only got the one deal, one year left on the deal. I kind of get it, and uh, but I also think this is this was an asset grab as well, and a chance to perhaps turn these second round picks into more assets. And you know, the Grizzlies. Obviously, this has been just a debacle of a season with all the injuries, but. You look up in in June when they've got a, a lottery pick and then they've got some cap room and some more assets, you think maybe they can go big game hunting and go get a big wing or maybe go get another replacement uh, at the five. So I don't know. They've, they'll be they'll be set up well uh, this offseason to make some moves if that's what they want to do. Yeah, I think this is, you know, the Grizzlies saying that this year is a wash. Obviously, they've kind of overachieved with, you know, some guys playing that wouldn't be playing uh, if there wasn't injuries to the to the uh, roster um and i think this is a, a move that like you said they're, they're building for the future they're going to take these draft picks and probably try to go get a big um but you know as you said too i mean adam's having one year left on the contract when he comes back you know you might as well go ahead and get rid of him now and, and get something out of it i understand it um just because i think the the grizzlies are kind of i don't want to say rebuild but they're still they're still needing some key pieces to to get to where they want to be long term yeah Still kind of retooling. And to your point about uh, how ridiculous the injury situation is last night, eight players dressed. That's the minimum you can play with in the NBA to avoid a forfeit. (laughs) Thirteen listed on the injury report last night. The eight players who played, Luke Kennard, David Roddy, three two-way guys, three guys on 10-day hardships. And to put that into perspective, I saw a Grizzlies reporter put this out. 15 normal roster spots on an NBA roster, and thirteen. the Grizzlies only had two of those guys. I mean, Roddy, Roddy and Kennard were the only two who were like started the season as, as NBA guys. What is in the water in Memphis, man? They got to change some things. I I don't, I I don't know what, (laughs) what is going on down there, but yeah, it uh, quite, quite incredible. uh, The, how the injuries have, uh, they're not too far. They're not too far from uh, having to call the hometown kid there out of Atoka. John Thornton had come play, man. (laughs) That, that's that's rough. Eight eight players on an NBA roster for a, yeah. for a game that's unheard of. And I mean, six of them are basically G League guys. So <laughs> I mean, they they practically rolled a roster of Luke Kennard and David Roddy plus a G League team uh, out on the floor last night. And you got they got bombed in Boston, which I mean, I, I get it. Like so, wow. But uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into some of the national headlines from the week. It's the Tri State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. 
If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week, they have weekly specials, including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday, karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the Hawk's Nest. 105 Church Street in Martin. Segment two on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. It is Super Bowl week, and so I saw it this morning at the gym. They're already nonstop on, on ESPN and all the sports channels. It is, you know, we're going to talk that, that game to death um, so, Jordan, before we dive in, any comments, any thoughts on that game, and we'll let it lie because I feel like it's all going to be talked about by the end of the week anyway. Hey, man, it's the last football game of the year. I mean, you've got to you've got to overhype it and overtalk it. It's it's the big the big game. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching you know this 49ers team with another opportunity to take down the Chiefs. Obviously, a rematch from a few years ago. Um, and, you know, the, the big thing for me is how far can this Kansas City defense take them? It's kind of a dumb statement because they've taken them to the Super Bowl, but can they take them to a Super Bowl win as well? Kind of remains to be seen. I know Patrick Mahomes is a heck of a player. I know Travis Kelsey's a really good player. Uh, but you can't tell me that, you know, this Kansas City defense hasn't been the story this postseason and what they've yeah. been able to do to their opponents. So we'll see if they can slow down the, a lot of weapons for San Francisco. I personally just feel like Christian McCaffrey is going to take over the game and, and not allow San Fran to lose this one. I think this is going to be a big win for the 49ers. I hope so. I would really like to see San Francisco and a lot of those guys really like Brock Purdy. And I, I mean, I think that that's where this is going to be made or make or break here. Can Brock Purdy make enough plays with his weapons to, to kind of, you know, break that Kansas city defense a little bit. Cause we've seen that Kansas city defense hold teams, under 21 points, pretty much with regularity all year. That seems like it's kind of the magic number. Um, if you can score 20-plus on them, then you've got a fair shot. Uh, and so, I, you know, that's going to be the key for me. But the other key is, you know, can Patrick Mahomes find, connect with other guys other than Travis Kelsey? You know, can can the other receivers who have kind of stepped up lately, can they, can they make some plays to take some pressure off Kelsey? Because – I mean, you have to think that 49ers defense is going to be ready and know that that's where the ball is going to be going. And so they're going to make some adjustments and try to make some, you know, make that not happen. So um, are we going to get a good game? Are we going to get a good game? I pray we do. I hope so. I hope so too. I mean, I, I I don't know. I just, it feels weird to me. This, this game just kind of feels weird to me. It's a kind of a a unique matchup. It's much different than the first time that they played in the Super Bowl. And um, I don't know. I, I think this, it really could be it could be a shootout. It could be low scoring. A lot of people think low scoring, but I think about the weapons, offensive weapons that both teams have. You know, really just Kelsey and Mahomes for the Chiefs, but San Fran's got a lot of weapons too. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I certainly think this San Francisco team is an upgrade over the one that we mm-hmm. saw that first meeting. I mean, you think Brock Purdy over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Raheem Mostert was the starting running back for, for San Fran. Now you've got Christian McCaffrey. Of course, you bring Kittle in. I, I don't know if they had Debo yet. They did. He was the rookie. He was a rookie. So yeah, they, had, were, definitely they, were up 10. they were up 10 in the fourth. Yeah. 
Yeah, twenty to ten, I think it was. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Ayuk yet. I didn't want to think. I don't think Kittle, so. Don't Kittle think so. was on that team. Uschek was on that team. So you got a few guys that have some experience. Um, but uh, going to be fun to watch. But now that we've we've covered that, we'll move on to some of the national headlines of the week. Final two NFL head coaching slots were filled this past week as the Seahawks hire Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who will become the youngest head coach in the league. The Commanders hiring Dallas defensive coordinator Dan Quinn after offensive coordinator for the Lions, Ben Johnson, decides to stay in Detroit. Dan Quinn's been busy filling out the staff already. Excuse me, Cliff Kingsbury is now the new offensive court, his new offensive coordinator, and the Cowboys defensive back coach Joe Joe Witt Jr. is joining uh, Washington as their new defensive coordinator. The Steelers have a new OC. That's Arthur Smith, the former Falcons head coach. The NFC yesterday defeated the AFC on four, on a fourth down stand. They win the Pro Bowl games for the second. Second straight year, and Jim Harbaugh is targeting Greg Roman for a prominent role on his staff, and Marcus Brady comes comes in as the passing game coordinator. What sticks out to you from last week's coaching moves, Jordan? I think with D.C., uh, with Washington, you know, it's uh, – obviously that wasn't their first choice. They kind of no. had to settle. They kind of had to settle on that. Um, but, you know, what, what was surprising to me – and I don't know if you have a different opinion on this. This is what sports talk is for. But Dan Quinn spent time in Seattle. And when Seattle didn't hire him as the head coach to come back, if I'm Washington or if I'm a Washington fan, I'm thinking, I don't if, if the place that loved him, you know, as a DC doesn't want him as a head coach, then I don't want him as a head coach either. Yeah. I thought it was a weird fit for him to go to DC. Now hiring Kingsbury tells me they're more than likely going to try to move up to get Caleb or they expect to be able to get Caleb at two, um, Caleb Williams. But I just thought that was interesting. That was the one hire to me that was very, very interesting. I, I don't know. The others were obviously like Arthur Smith being the OC at, the, at Pittsburgh. It's, it's unique as well. But, you know, I don't know. Dan Quinn and, and Washington just seems a little off to me. It did definitely seem odd. But uh, I, I was, you know – the other thing is with Dan Quinn, you know, as a head coach, he, he took Atlanta to the Super Bowl. They had some good playoff runs with him. So it's not yeah. – I didn't really see that one coming. I do think they had – I think they wanted McDonald. I think they wanted oh, yeah. Johnson, and and neither of those um, – neither of those came to fruition. But – and so when Quinn did not did take the job, you know, immediately you think, okay, well, here's a defensive genius. Who's the OC going to be? Because – you know, he's not going to be focused much with, with the offense. And I think Cliff Kingsbury is a good one because you know you're fixing to have a young quarterback that you're going to have to develop. You know whether that's Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, whoever they want to take it to. Um, you got to have someone in there to kind of to kind of handle that. Um, and then you kind of have his little protege now as defensive coordinator, a guy he's worked with a lot. So, I, you know, at first I didn't really love that hire for them, but – as he's made these staff hires, it's kind of connected it a little bit yeah. more for me. Um, yeah. And I can kind of see where this might work for them. But, uh, I mean, I, a friend of mine who's a Commanders fan was texting me yesterday. He said, I saw a, a mock draft with us trading up to one, and I wanted to cry. And do you do you, do you you take a chance, though? Do you just stay at two and hope you can get him? I mean, I don't think Chicago's going to draft him. I personally don't. Well, I, yeah, and that's my thing. I I'd just take the chance because you don't know what Chicago is going to do. It's not a home run that they're going to they're going to go quarterback. And the other side of this is, you know, why would you? You're you're literally at number two. 
why, why would you trade away <laughs> your future to move up one spot? Yeah. I mean, and you know how deep this quarterback draft is. I mean, yeah. you know, there, there's three or four guys that are going to be first round top 20 type Good players. players. Yeah. I mean, so you, you know, and you're going to get the second choice no matter what. So, you know, and Kings, Kingsbury is already Coach Williams. And of yep. course, Caleb Williams played high school ball in Washington, D.C. Yep. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know. It just feels like it's lining up, but maybe Chicago tries to ruin it all. I don't think they draft Caleb Williams. I, I still stand behind that, but I may well, be wrong. The thing is, there's these rumblings out there, and I haven't really seen any hardcore truth behind it, but the rumors keep coming around that. Caleb doesn't want to play in Chicago anyway. No. So, you know, if I mean in the Bears, it, it really comes down to how much belief do they have in Justin Fields. I mean, if if they still think they can make Fields their guy, then you you need to draft Marvin Harrison or somebody up front or something like that to to kind of give Justin Fields help. Yeah. Uh, need so, help. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I'm I'm going to be fascinated. Obviously, we've got two months until the draft, but uh, hey, it's, it's never too early to talk about it. You know, both oh, of, of our team, not. both of our teams are obviously at home. Most teams are at this point, so we yeah. got to start. Uh, we got to start talking about it. That's true. Uh, in the NBA, reigning MVP Joel Embiid has an injured lateral meniscus in his knee, which is likely going to end his run for a second MVP. Philly debated surgery or rest and rehab, and they have decided to undergo a procedure. He will miss extended time. Woj said they won't really know the timeline until after the procedure, so that's a big blow for Philadelphia. The NBA All-Star Reserves came out over, over the last week. Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Paulo Bancaro, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, and Bam Adebayo in the East. Steph Curry, Anthony Edwards, Devin Booker, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Carl Towns, and Anthony Davis in the West. And did you see the, the story that – Doc Rivers is going to get to be the head coach yeah. of the Eastern Conference team. Yeah, and he's given and he given his All Star uh, bonus or whatever to be the to the other coach. That yeah, Adrian fired. Griffin, I think so. But <laughs> the guy's been there for what a week? A week. <laughs> yeah, a week. All Star coach, man. <laughs> even Doc was like, "I, I don't. I, I've been here." Like a week. I, this is not. I. The man I went from not. an ESPN panel to coaching the Bucks and coaching the All Star game. Yeah. It's hilarious. What a, what a turnaround for him. Uh, part of All-Star Weekend, the NBA announced a three-point contest between Steph Curry and WNBA star Sabrina Ionescu. And Zach Levine is going to have season-ending foot surgery after being a heavy trade target ahead of this Thursday's NBA trade deadlines. So what sticks out to you from those notes in the NBA? I'm going to be completely honest right here. I don't really pay attention to the NBA this time of year until the Super Bowl is over, and that's about the only thing that's on uh, with college basketball. I, I watch college basketball more at that point too. But, um, yeah, I didn't even know about Embiid. That tells you how much I'm paying attention. I know he's had, I know he's had a pretty good year, uh, so I hated to see that. And then I saw the doc stuff just because that was, that was everywhere. But, um, you know, I tell you, the, the three-point contest, is this just – to get more eyes on the WNBA as well, getting, you know, maybe getting some stars to go up against the NBA stars. And if Steph loses this, or does he try to lose it on purpose? That's what I'm wondering. This is going to be, this is going to be odd. I don't know. It's typical three point contest rules, except she's going to shoot from the WNBA line. He's shooting from the NBA line. So they are differentiating a little bit, um, but it's certainly interesting. Um, and I almost wonder if they're trying to do this to kind of get ahead of when Caitlin Clark, 
ends up going pro. I mean, just the firestorm she's created at Iowa. I mean, you know, the expectation for her is going to be to be a major WNBA star. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe that plays into this is to kind of go ahead and start doing crossover stuff. I, I'm not not totally uh, not totally sure what what they're thinking here. Uh, in the MLB, Baltimore Orioles have been in the headlines. They're getting new owners as David Rubenstein and Mark. Aragetti purchased the team for $1.725 billion. And the same week, they also traded for Corbin Burns from the Brewers for Joey Ortiz, uh, D.L. Hall, and the 34th pick in the 2024 draft. So the Orioles making some moves there. In the college football, of course, we're going to get to Tennessee and the NCAA. That's coming up in the next segment. But uh, some popcorn moves. What's that, Jordan? Get your popcorn. Yes, get your popcorn ready. Uh, Boston College head football coach Jeff Halfley jumped ship to the NFL as the Packers' new D.C., and he was followed by Kentucky offensive coordinator Liam Cohen uh, leaving Kentucky to be the new Bucks offensive coordinator, and that kind of sparked a Twitter debate of, is this a sign that the demands of being a college football coach are driving coaches to the NFL? What did you think Mm. about that – about kind of that question there, Jordan. That's a heck of a thought. I haven't thought about that. But you think, I mean, it's it's demanding, man. The the game's changing so much. Uh, I was actually spending some time with my dad yesterday, and we got to talking about this. And he said, man, they, they've changed the NFL so much, and now they're starting to put their hands in college football. And before we know it, I mean, it's, it's going to be bad across the board in football. I mean, you can't control any of this. So it is going to be different. I think that, you know, it, it, it is having an effect on some coaches. Obviously, you know, the biggest name you think about Saban retiring, which we've had this conversation on the show before, but you can't tell me that that wasn't part of that decision. Um, I mean, the way the game's changing, uh, how how demanding it is to stay on top of everything, it, it certainly has an effect on these coaches, I would think. Well, and it's not even – it goes beyond college football. You even think in college basketball, the, the legends that have left because they're trying – you know, they got tired of trying to navigate the NIL transfer portal, all the things. I mean, Roy Williams, Coach K – Jay Wright, um, I mean, all these different guys that have just decided I, I can't can't deal with this anymore. So um, certainly an interesting uh, you know thought to kind of monitor uh, as we go forward. Iowa has self-reported a level three NCAA violation because a staffer texted Caden Proctor, quote unquote, "Hang in there, buddy." During the season, I swear it does not take much to piss off the NCAA. Um, Independent basketball on the deck, man. What's that? Independent college football on deck. Well, and uh, that is kind of what the signal was, is the Big Ten and the SEC have joined together to form a joint advisory group to address significant challenges facing college athletics. And, of course, that came out last week in the midst of the Tennessee versus NCAA, you know, Word war of words that uh, continued over the weekend. So what did you make of that in the timing of it, Jordan, when it broke? I, I don't blame them, honestly. Um, you know, these are the two big conferences now. These are really the two only conferences that are trying to survive amidst all the changes. Um, I know there are others, but these are the two that everybody's looking at. And uh, I think that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to team up and uh, go right at the NCAA you know, I've said it from the beginning with this NIL and transfer portal stuff, John. It's just there's when there's no guidelines, it, there's going to be complete chaos, and that's exactly what it's been. Um, and if you're the NCAA, you can't start putting your hands in it whenever you've made no rules. So um, I don't know. This I'll get into it with Tennessee. You know, when we talk start talking about Tennessee versus NCAA here in a minute, but 
this has been a, it's been complete chaos and I don't know how they expected anything else. Well, and, you know, people have been saying for a long time, is this kind of a step in the direction or is this where we're headed of like you just kind of alluded to independence as in I love it. The, the conferences I love it. run the sport and, and not, <laughs> not the NCAA. I mean, and, and you got to think about it. The NCAA does not control the championship game for college football. That's run by the college football playoff committee. So I think this was kind of another step in that direction. Um, we may see some conferences break off and say, you know what, you can run it how you want to run it. We're going to do our thing. And uh, that may be quite where we're headed with the Tennessee NCAA stuff. Uh, a couple other things. We mentioned a big college basketball re- weekend. It was North Carolina knocking off number seven Duke in the latest edition of that rivalry. And MetLife Stadium announced as the host of the 2026 World Cup final. How much of uh, Duke Carolina did you watch, Jordan? Obviously, tough loss for your Blue Devils. Yeah, that that was definitely a, a tough loss. Uh, you know, the thing about Duke this year is they they're not, they haven't been consistent um, on on the court. They they don't really know who they you know who what guys they can count on night in and night out, and they're soft. I mean, that's that's the honest truth. Uh, they're very soft. They don't play physical, and uh, you know, there's there's some the eyeballs there of uh, this isn't traditional Duke basketball. So we'll see what happens in the future. But they are definitely struggling right now um, to get things going. Interesting. Well, it'll be fun to see what they've got uh, come March. But we will take a break. We'll come back. It was a wild week. Tennessee versus the NCAA. We'll unpack as much of it as we can, as well as look forward and see what this means for college football as a whole. Stay tuned. It's the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. Northwest Tennessee and Western Kentucky, it's time for a career change, and we know the perfect place for you. Tyson Foods in Obion County. Tyson Foods is hiring, and it's easy to apply. Just stop by and see the friendly staff at the Tyson Foods Hiring Center in Union City. Tyson is currently hiring for general production and many other positions, and they are looking to fill all shifts. Come see the team at the Tyson Hiring Center, located off Real Foot Avenue in Union City. The Hiring Center is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Come be a part of the Tyson team. Tyson Foods is an equal opportunity employer, including disability and veterans. Segment three on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. Well, if you live in the state of Tennessee or are a Tennessee fan, an SEC fan, this headline has dominated your Twitter feed for the better part of about a week now. A Tennessee versus the NCAA. To recap how kind of we got here, you know, Jordan, we were we talked about it a little bit at the open. We sat here finishing up the show last Tuesday. It broke that Tennessee was under investigation. You know, we didn't really know any details at the time. We just kind of tried to see what we could figure out. And then as the week unfolded, you get into Wednesday and Thursday, more and more came out. So to kind of recap how we got here, Monday was where it started. We did not know about this until Tuesday. And this was, Jordan, getting off the air on Tuesday and reading this letter from Dondi Plowman told me, (laughs) oh boy, this is about to be fun. So news breaks on Tuesday that Tennessee's under an NCAA investigation for alleged NIL violations in multiple sports. Spire Sports, the collective associated with UT, is part of that, apparently specifically due to the involvement with Vols quarterback Nico Iamaleva. Um, Part of that inquiry is related to Spire Sports flying a high-profile recruit, who we think is Nico, to Tennessee's Mm -hmm. campus on a private jet. The NCAA have been poking around that since he signed with UT. Tuesday, a letter that had actually been sent on Monday from Dondi Plowman is sent, 
And she criticized the NCAA and President Charlie Baker for what she called two and a half years of vague and contradictory NCAA memos, emails, and quote-unquote guidance about name, image, and likeness, and the organization is failing. The letter was sent concerning an investigation, obviously, that came to light on Tuesday and on the heels of a face-to-face meeting with Baker on Monday with other university members in Indianapolis. So before we proceed into Wednesday, Jordan, what were your thoughts Tuesday after reading that Dondi Plowman letter and reading a little bit more about the investigation? I think they have – my thoughts right after reading that is that they have the right person in place at Tennessee. I mean, she went to bat. She said, "We're, we're I'm going to stand up for the university. You're not going to do this. Same thing with Danny White. He, he, he ended up saying the same thing. And that's, that's the type of leadership you need. I think Tennessee's in good hands. Um, and honestly, this is the best leadership they've had in a while. And I think that, you know, for her to come out, share her thoughts publicly right away, that's the biggest thing for me, John, is how quickly she got behind this. Yes. And let people know that she wasn't playing. Um, and, you know, it goes back to what we talked about. When you, when there's no guidelines in place three years ago, how are you going to try to enforce something? You know, and another thing is, is if it is Nico, which is who we think it is, you're going to ask him to drive from Hawaii to Knoxville? I mean, or California. Yeah, or California, wherever he is. I know. I think he was spending time in Hawaii before he came up. I mean, I don't know what these people want want them to do. I mean, there ain't there ain't nothing you can do there. So, I think it's a joke. I mean, I really do think it's a joke. Yeah, uh, and I think to your point about the leadership with Danny White and Donnie Plowman, the way they've you know jumped to the to the plate already. I mean, leadership is they are clearly presenting a united front here. And the other thing is. It's like Donnie Plowman said in her letter, which this this is to me still one of the craziest parts of this whole thing. You literally held up Tennessee last June as a picture of cooperation and the proto, you know, just how well they did and with the investigation to all the Pruitt stuff and how well it was handled. And now all of a sudden you want to come back after them. So what 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 gives here? You know, what, what's your problem? Well, Then Wednesday, it comes out that the attorney generals of Tennessee and Virginia have both filed lawsuits to seek a temporary restraining order barring the NCAA from enforcing its NIL recruiting ban or taking any other action to prevent prospective college athletes and transfer candidates from engaging in meaningful NIL discussions before enrollment. This antitrust lawsuit pointed to the Supreme Court's 9-0 decision on or in 2021, Austin v. NCAA, which started all this, which ruled the NCAA can't limit education-related payments to student-athletes. There's a preliminary injunction hearing set for a week or set from a week from tomorrow uh, where this will all start in the courtroom. And that, that's that's kind of my thing with all this, Jordan, is you know, kind of what you said. You had a chance to get ahead of this in 2021 when this yep. all started. <clears throat> and all you had was guidance. Whatever, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other th- side of this is, of course, kids want to know what kind of NIL, NIL opportunities you can offer them before choosing a school, because that's part of it now. Of course, they want to know how much money you can pay them. Of course, there's other factors, but yes, they want to know how much NIL money they, they can get for coming to your school. That That's just part of it in, in college recruiting now. So, but to retro- and they should know that they should know that when the, when the game's changing the way it is, they should know that's going to be part of the conversation. Yes, but it's to not- retroactively say, I mean, I heard someone say this. Uh, <laughs> so have a good analogy for it over the weekend. They, they said, you know, if they if 
they changed the speed limit on University Street in Martin from 30 to 20. And then six months later, they tried to give me a ticket for going 30 six months ago. That, that's what that's what you're trying to do here. You can't do that. Like that makes no sense. And so, I mean, I, I don't know. What did you make though? It's great to see though. I mean, now you got politicians involved. The governor's backing it. Um, th- this it got much bigger on Wednesday. It's like a massive snowball fight, and everybody's throwing at the NCAA. NCAA. Uh, it is good to see a lot of people back in Tennessee. I mean, it, it is, and uh, whether that's state officials, um, you know, people at the university. Um, the governor, whoever it may be, uh, it, it's good to see everybody back in university. And like you said, I mean, you can't you can't enforce stuff that wasn't in place um, three years ago when the when the violations occurred. Um, I just, John, I just think I, I tell, I've, I've said this a couple of different times already, but I just don't know how we've gotten to this point. And for some reason, they want to pick on the big schools because those are the ones that are you know, going and getting these big recruits. When you saw the kind of money Nico's making, I mean, obviously that's a red flag and a question mark. But for Tennessee to come out and say, look, we've done everything we're supposed to do. We did everything right. You know, we didn't break any rules. And for them to be so quick about it tells you that they're not scared and they know that they were they were walking the right line when they were doing this. Well, and you go, you know, to the other two, you know, and you said it earlier, and I mean, I fully believe it. You, I mean, you already picked on Florida State. You already picked that you're picking on Florida right now for very similar uh, stupidity. Um, you know, I told someone over the weekend, wait wait till you pick on Georgia or, <laughs> or Ohio State or, or someone like that. Then then what do you think? You know, what? G- good luck when, when you start picking on some of these real superpowers in the sport right now. I mean, just yeah. you are asking for so much litigation and, and to basically have an alliance from all these schools to end your existence. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't see how that is uh, how that how that's going to work for you on uh, Thursday. Athletic director in, or athletic director Danny White came out and he added his thoughts, which were similar to Dondi Plowman's, uh, because the NCAA put out a, a word jumble, word salad. I heard some people throwing around on Wednesday night of a response. Current vault Jackson Lampley has even said has even filed a declaration in the court case and said he is willing to testify so i mean it, this is going to be this is just going to get more huge wild. it's going to be huge yeah um I, I love it though adam sparks from knox news says there are more of these coming because obviously we mentioned florida and florida state you've got those going uh but i i just i keep coming back to if you really didn't like how this was set up do some do something three years ago because i mean tennessee's making the defense here that and Inspire Sports even came out and said it. Their lawyer did of, hey, look, we made the agreement with Nico before he signed anywhere. So, like, it had nothing to do at the time. Oh, is he going to go to Tennessee? Is he going to Alabama? Is he going to go to USC? Wherever. You know, we wanted his rights already because we thought Nico was going to be a great player. So how can you penalize Tennessee for the actions of a collective? I, I just I, yeah, nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you can do that. I mean, that's what it's really what it's boiled down to. But as we've kind of talked about, it's it's nice to see so many people getting behind them. Um, I I do think that the NCAA has opened up a big can across the whole sport. So how do you see this going forward, Jordan? What do you think? Obviously, we've got the court date on February thirteenth, but uh, 
How do you see this playing out with other schools getting in perhaps being targeted here by the NCAA? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to end well. Uh, you just kind of mentioned it. The, the, you know, if you mess with Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, um, the teams that have kind of been at the top of the sport, that's that's going to open up uh, even more. And uh, I think, like I said, you know, this week, and honestly, I said it earlier in the show, I forgot I did I, until just now. Um, I think it's going to turn into an independent college college football. I think that's what we're going to end up seeing. I think eventually the NCAA is going to be completely out of it. I think that process has been expedited. Obviously, we mentioned the Big Ten and the SEC alliance. Um, you have to think the ACC and the Big 12 better get on board quick or they'll be left behind when, when all this, you know, this the set, this new wave of realignment, whatever that ends up looking like with super conferences and all the things. But um, I'm just going to be curious to know who else they're, they're intending to target. I mean, they, they cracked down on Florida State because a booster drove a recruit to meet someone from an NIL firm to learn what NIL stuff they can get. For what, man? For, for what? And then you're over here. You know, I know we love the clown Florida, and I, and I fully enjoy it. But in Florida's defense, they're investigating a guy at Florida who never signed with Florida and is not playing for Florida currently. And, like, so what, what are you expecting to – what do you expect to get out of this? I just, to me, this is the NCAA trying to recapture power they lost. This is kind of their last gasp because they know in the new era they really can't enforce any of this anymore. No, that's that's the truth. I mean, there's there's no way for them to enforce it, um, and I, I think that they are they're at the point now where they I think they realize how crazy the sport's gotten and how out of control they've let it get. And I, yeah. I think. Think they're nervous about what the future is, honestly. And you're already in lawsuits about the transfer portal. Yeah. I mean, you're already dealing with that. I mean, and you already had another state sign on with Tennessee in this this lawsuit. So, what are you going to do when more come, man? I, I just good luck. Good luck. Uh, yeah, thanks for playing. Good, yeah, good <laughs> luck. And when when inevitably, I think this results in the death of the NCAA. I'll sit back with my popcorn and I will enjoy every minute of it. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this conversation, Jordan, before we take a break? I think we put a good bow on it for sure. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show with the stock market right after this on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Tyson Foods in O'Brien County and the Hawk's Nest. If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week they have weekly specials including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke and more and don't forget folks they're open on sunday so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the hawk's nest 105 church street in martin Northwest Tennessee and Western Kentucky, it's time for a career change, and we know the perfect place for you. Tyson Foods in Obion County. Tyson Foods is hiring, and it's easy to apply. Just stop by and see the friendly staff at the Tyson Foods Hiring Center in Union City. Tyson is currently hiring for general production and many other positions, and they are looking to fill all shifts. Come see the team at the Tyson Hiring Center, located off Real Foot Avenue in Union City. The Hiring Center is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Come be a part of the Tyson team. Tyson Foods is an equal opportunity employer, including disability and veterans. Final segment of the show today on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. 
It's time for the stock market where we buy or sell various topics, lists, or takes. And uh, Jordan, you sent one that you wanted to discuss uh, at length. And so we will yeah. start there. Coaching grades in the NFL, higher grades from CBS Sports. And I figure we can just take these one at a time. So we'll start with the Chargers. Jim Harbaugh, they give a grade of A. Buy or sell? I'm buying this. I think I think that that is a good hire. I do think it'll work out for him. I think that's probably one of the best they could do. Um, there are a few that we'll get to on this list that I laugh at, but I do think that this is a good hire, so I will buy this one at A. Yeah, I, I buy it. I think Jim Harbaugh has proven he can coach at both levels. I think he has his own twist on things, but that he'll do well, and uh, he will. I think he upgrades the ceiling of that team tremendously. Um, because he's obviously done well with quarterbacks. He's obviously done well in making teams more physical um, and, and kind of helping a team find an identity. Um, and it kind of seems like that Chargers group, as talented as it is, has kind of wandered in the wilderness for a while. Um, I think that's a great fit. He's got all obviously a lot of connections out there on the West Coast, including with San Francisco, coaching at Stanford, and now uh, here in L.A. Yeah, I really like the hire. I think that was a good hire for, for the Chargers. Carolina. They hired Dave Canales, the grade from CBS Sports, B+. This is the one, one of the ones that, I mean, I don't think this was a fantastic hire. I don't, if he's a B, and I know we're going to get to these others, but there's, I mean, there's a C and a D on here that I would probably consider putting in front of this. I just thought this was, I thought this was funny because I, I, did, I didn't think this was a good hire. So I'm going to sell him at a B. Yeah, I would sell and probably say like a C. At least, yeah, at best, to me. There was no, there's not. This is not a splash hire. You're hiring a first-time head coach, who you're praying he can make something of Bryce Young. Um, I, and I mean, like before this offseason, honestly, I really didn't even know who Dave Canales was. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I certainly would downgrade on this grade. I, I don't really understand the B plus here. Um, because I mean that you're talking about someone that's close to an A with a B plus, and I just I don't know. If I he's a B, if he's if he's a B plus, how is Mike McDonald a B? Which I know we're going to get to that, but I, I don't point. get that. Uh, let's go to number three here: the Falcons. Raheem Morris, a B for the Falcons. I would probably go like B minus or C plus. Yeah. So I'm going to sell. I'd drop this at least a little bit. Yeah, I'm selling too because, I mean, you know, I get it. Everybody's trying to say Raheem Morris has gotten better. He's been in these all these different systems. He deserves another, another opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. The, the fact of the matter remains, the the one head coaching job we've seen out of him, it, it did not go well. So, I, I don't know. Again, this is a wait-and-see thing. But, yeah, I would definitely downgrade this probably to more like a C-plus. Um, because, you know, we, we talked about it with Vrabel hiring those assistants. He was kind of like a buddy hire. I mean, he it had does. a lot of connections in Atlanta. He'd been there for a while, and this that, uh, feels like they just kind of hired him because he knows the area. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm downgrading on Raheem Morris. The Seahawks have hired Mike McDonald from the Ravens. Um, he was their defensive coordinator. He'll be the youngest head coach in the NFL. The grade was a B for Mike McDonald. What would you think? I think it should be higher. I think so it should be selling. higher. I, I'm selling. I think this is a really – B plus at least. I mean, I think this is a good hire for Seattle. Yeah. I mean, a guy who 
He's has proven. a very solid defensive mm-hmm. background. Um, younger and bringing kind of a fresh perspective in there. Um, they've got a lot of defensive talent on that team. Yeah, I, I think I think this hire was going to come sooner rather than later with Mike McDonald. There were clearly a lot of suitors. Yeah, I would probably bump to about a B plus. And I mean, you know, the age. You know, you've never seen him yeah. as a head coach. There's there's a few things that you can kind of you can kind of downgrade here, but. Um, yeah, I definitely like this hire. I think I definitely like it higher more than than Raheem Morris or Dave Canales. Um, just because, you know, he's coached under Jim Harbaugh. He's coached under John Harbaugh. His defenses have been good wherever he's been. Um, you know, I, I, I like the spot for him. The Raiders, Antonio Pierce, B minus the grade. I think it made sense for the Raiders to hire him, but I think this is a B at best. I mean, or uh, sorry, I see it best. So I'm going to sell. I don't think that it's. I don't think it's flashy. I don't. I mean, I think they probably could have opened up a full coaching search and maybe done a little bit better. Um, it made sense to make the players happy, but in the long run, John, I'm looking at that, and I don't think it works out. So I'm going to sell this. Okay. I will sell and probably say about C plus because you're keeping kind yeah. of your status quo. Yeah. Um, however, they did play well for him. And they he, did. They and they got behind him and played. I just how long is the honeymoon going to work out? That's you true. Know? It's and, and we still got to realize that the Raiders are going to have to do better than Aiden O'Connell and and <laughs> Zamir White and uh, I mean you know they got some holes they got to figure out. Um, so I think smart for now, but um, they better upgrade that roster if they if they want some more results out of him because it's it's still a roster that has plenty of of major question marks going forward. So, I mean, I get it. Um, but like you said, you know, I don't know how long this will, this will last. The Titans, Brian Callahan, the new head coach B minus is the grade. Come on. This has got to be a plus. I mean, obviously, no, I, in all realistic and all realistically, I really think that um, this is a B. Uh, I would upgrade it from a B minus to a B, not quite a B plus. I think it's good hire. Um, young guy, offensive minded, which I think is the way they needed to go, kind of retool that offense a little bit. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at a B. I'm going to sell this at B minus and move it up to a B. Yeah, I'll do the same. I, I think, again, looking at the hires in front of him, uh, really the only two I didn't like, or the, the only two that I did like more are McDonald and Harbaugh. I agree. I, mean, I, I, agree. I, don't, I don't love the we weren't, Titans weren't going to get either one of them. So, I mean, what now? I don't think the Titans may even tried to interview either one of them, obviously. So don't blame them. Yeah. Um, probably still like it a lot better than Pierce. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I would certainly upgrade it from a B minus, probably to, to B, B plus ish. Um, I just think, I think given his pedigree, there's more to like there than Canales. There's more to like there than Morris. There's more to like there than Pierce at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I would upgrade this one. The Patriots, new head coach, Gerard Mayo, C-plus is the grade. He's a VFL, so this is hard for me to say, but I think a C is the best I can go on this. I mean, I, I don't know how great this is going to go. I know they're getting a lot younger at that position, um, at head coach position. I know he's a guy that the players like. Um, I heard his press conference. I've heard him answer questions to the media, how he's going to handle things. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> After listening to those things, um, so I, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this at a C. So I'm gonna sell this. I'm gonna buy and just keep it right there. I, I don't think that I think this is the ceiling. 
Um, because again, this is an in-house buddy, buddy kind of thing. Um, you know, he's been there forever. They, they love him in ownership and, and, and at the management level. Um, so it kind of feels like this was just, uh, the plan once Belichick left. Um, and I, you know, like you said, he's a VFL. I hope he does well there, but I, I you know, I don't really know that Gerard. I mean, other other than New England, yeah. You talked about it with the, the Titans not interviewing several of these names. I don't know that Gerard Mayo was a hot name out there for anybody else. So that to me is kind of eh. So yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. What were you going to say a minute ago? I didn't mean to cut I, you. I, I think the the way I'm looking at this one and the next one is just the rebuild. And I, I don't know that he's going to be the guy to get New England back. I'm not talking about. Brady Belichick status. I'm just saying, get them back into competing every yeah. week. You yeah. know. Uh, last one on this list: the Commanders. Dan Quinn, a D plus. I'm gonna sell this and make that D minus. Um, wow. I hate it. I'll keep it there. I don't like it because I don't think it makes sense for them. I don't think this is what they wanted. They had to settle. Um, maybe he'll be okay with you know having some good coordinators, but. I don't like Quinn and in, in, in Washington and in DC right now. I, I don't like it. Uh, maybe maybe my mind changes on that, but just don't think it fit what they were trying to do. But again, if he's got good assistance, that could that could be a big big changing factor. See that the only reason I'm going to upgrade this is because we've seen the assistant hires, and I, I kind of like That's what true. he's done. Yeah. So I will probably push it closer to C plus. Um, but before that, that, before that, do you feel like this would be about right? It would probably be C minus or D. I mean, yeah. I, I, because yeah. I, like you said, they settled. But because of his assistant hires, and I know we haven't really fully seen it for everybody else yet. I think that's a good move in the in the right direction, and they will have a chance um, to compete. So, uh, moving on to some college football notes here, Jordan. We kind of hinted at this earlier. Buy or sell? More college coaches will make for the NFL until the like the, the coaching schedule is fixed. I mean, you know, with your portal stuff in December and early signing day and the stress that all comes with that, um, more coaches will take, will make that jump. Um, I'm going to buy it. I think there'll be more people that, that do make the jump because it's kind of turning into more of a business like the NFL, very similar. And a lot of them may be able to get paid a lot more in the NFL. So I'll buy this. Yeah. I'm going to buy it too, because I mean, we, we've talked about it before. It's just, it's so much more relaxed, I guess, in the NFL because you don't have to recruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there, that takes away from you know the recruiting side of things is what really just makes it a grind as a college coach. And so, yeah, I'm I'm certainly going to buy here. Um, Tennessee will be joined by other major college programs in their crusade against the NCAA. I'm going to buy this. I think it's only going to get worse. I think more schools are going to get behind it at coming at the NCAA, so I'm buying this one. Who do you think is the next school that gets involved in this? Well, I could see – I mean, obviously, you've already got Florida State and Florida who they're going after. I think they're going to continue to go after some of these powerhouses. So I could see if they go after Ohio State or Georgia, I think they're going to jump on the on the boat as well. Um, and it, to me, I don't think there's many schools that are – especially the big schools that are going to say, no, we're, we're not going to get behind you on that. I think all of them are going to agree. So just it all depends on who they continue to go after. Yeah, I'll buy. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I think by yeah. this summer you could have 10 to 12 schools that oh, yeah. are, are oh, fired yeah. up about this. So um, buy. 
And hey, then, we, we always start things in Tennessee, man. Just come on, jump on board. <laughs> <laughs> Final thing, the new Big Ten SEC partnership is the first step in the conferences taking control of college football. I buy this, man. I think we're if, – if, if a year or two, I mean, maybe a year or two out from it being independent college football. I really don't feel like, – I think it's soon. I think it happens wow. soon. Um, and I just think we're at that point. So, I, I, I'll just throw out there maybe two years or so. But I, I do wow. think it happens. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I don't know about that quick, but things are moving very fast right very now. Very fast. Um, and I think that's where we are headed. I think that it, it, we are we are spiraling to that point. Um, but that, we'll see how it all plays out. That's going to do it for our show today. Sports 731 Network High School basketball coverage on the screen there. Union City hosting Greenfield on Tuesday. Huntington on Thursday. And then Jordan and Alex will have the Jackson-Madison County Schools Game of the Week. Adamsville at Liberty on Tuesday. That's going to do it for our show here today. For myself, John Thornton, for Jordan Taylor, thanks to all of you for watching and listening. Good morning and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Opine County.